Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Good morning, everyone. Please find your seats. We're going to actually just launch straight into worship. And I'm going to do um, Come Now is the Time to Worship first, actually. I've changed my mind. We are gathered here because we have chosen now. Now is the time to worship our God. Now is the time to give our hearts to him. Now is the time to confess he's God and bow the knee because the greatest treasure is for now. Thank you, Father, that we have the greatest treasure. We are here to worship you this morning. Let's send some thank you prayers for all the wonderful things he provides for us. Thank you, Father, for the sun shining that heats this earth to the perfect temperature. Amen. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, so I'm just going to give you something. Jess, could you give up, actually? Every table, one or two of these. If you take those ones, um, challenge. Can you just, if you can give, just pop a couple on each table. Um, okay, so uh, when you get whatever Jesse's giving out, have a look at it, work out which way up it goes, um, and tell me what you think. What what is it? What do you think it is? Oh, by the way, I haven't said hello and welcome. <laughs> I don't think we've got any visitors. I don't see anyone that I haven't seen before this morning, but welcome everybody to uh, our cafe um, morning. So it's me, the whole service. Woohoo! <laughs> and we're going to have this. Um, we've been looking at the story of Joseph. Um, so I'm going to continue in our series looking at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. So what do you th- what do you think this is? Is it a, I don't know, is it just a, a funny picture that I've done of little men? Just for fun or is it letters? What does that mean then? What like because they're not letters, are they? They're little dancing men, but you're kind of on the right track. Oh, somebody said a code. It's a code. Yes, you're right. This is a secret code. What is the purpose of secret codes? Does anyone anyone know the purpose of secret codes? What are they for? Secret messages? Why would you need to send a secret message? Who use who use who uses codes? Spies? Yes, spies. Um, they obviously the very famous one, isn't it, that in the war? Can anyone know the name of the Morse code? Yeah, the Enigma code. So there are some famous codes out there, aren't they? And they were to send secret messages, weren't they? 
So that the, that um, no one could read the message unless you knew the the rule of the code, unless you had the uh, the, the solution, the answer, what each picture represents, what letter it represents. Um, and so um, some very difficult codes have been created in the past. And this, this code was actually created by um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> um, uh, Sherlock Holmes cracked the Dancing Man Code in one of his books. So this is the Dancing Man Code. Um, and uh, so does anyone think they, they've cracked it? Yep, okay. Yep. But which one do you think's the E? There is some patterns in there. Look, the first one's the same same one every time, isn't it? So you you might be able to crack it, but it's not very easy. Do you know what um whilst you're trying to crack the code, I'm actually going to choose somebody really trustworthy to share because you cut you know the the a code really you don't send it to someone without that you trust um without telling them the rule of the code so um i'm actually gonna just trust uh, there's someone over here that i really tr i really trust a couple of people i really trust could you um Yeah, no, you can. I don't know. I, don't, I think they'll find it difficult. So, um, this, co this code has actually got a really important message in it. Um, and I, I only I can only trust a couple of people with the answer to this code. You see, they've got to be honourable people. Don't have to be. They don't have to be the wisest or the cleverest. Just faithful, faithful people. Oh, I don't know. Well, I I just I do I, tr I trust over here. So whilst they're, I think I might. I, this isn't. You'll you'll see where I'm going in a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna trust somebody else as well because I think she might enjoy it. <laughs> so, in our story of Joseph today, God gave an enigma code through a dream to three people: a butler, a baker, and a king. He gave a code to them, and they knew it was a code because in ancient times, that was the thing, that the gods gave people dreams to, to send them messages. But the messages were, that were, they were coded messages. They weren't easy to interpret. And like this code, it was gobbledygook to all of the people of Egypt, all the wise. Viziers came and tried to crack the code that had been sent to the well to the king, um, and uh, but God, 
who created the code had the answer to the code. And you don't keep the answer to a code to yourself. You don't, Enigma, they didn't send out this code expecting their spies to be able to crack the code themselves. Their spies were in the know. They knew the, the, the answer to the code. God had one person, only one person that he could trust with the answer to the code. And that's Joseph. So like I've given some trustworthy people. They are now going to interpret. You're nearly done. Oh, nearly done the first one. Is it really hard to get to actually do it? Oh, am I very loud? Oh. I thought that's what you meant. Have you, got, have you done it? Oh, yes, okay. Um, are you able to, because actually, how's what? Do, do, finish, off, finish off the line if you can. So the first, the first few was the number seven, and then it's fat cows. Joseph cracked the code for Pharaoh. So I think um, you can carry on working out the code. We're going to watch the story of Joseph. We're looking at Genesis 40 and Genesis 41 today. Um, and so we're going to watch the story altogether of Joseph um, has been put in prison because uh, Potiphar's wife... Um, has accused him of something he didn't do. Um, and actually, he's been put in quite an important position in prison because he's continuing to be a faithful, honorable, hardworking, trustworthy young man. And prisons were obviously not the same as they are now. Joseph's actually got kind of a job in prison, and he looks after the other prisoners. So let's watch the, um, watch it, watch the story. Okay, so the code was cracked. But cows means seven, seven thin cows means seven years of famine. So because the code was cracked by someone trustworthy, someone trustworthy was able to tell the king what to do. It was uh, God. God specifically told Joseph because he had uh, he had a plan for Joseph's life, um, and he had a plan for Egypt's. The whole of the nation of Egypt prospered because of one man and his faith uh, in in his God. Um, let me just check. I'm sticking to what I wanted to say and not drifting off to something else. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure. I've, this is what I've 
thought. I'm not sure God uses dreams as his code anymore because um, we don't believe they're messages from the gods anymore. Um, I think uh, God uh, doesn't stick to formulas and rules. He, he goes with what is uh, what he knows we'll understand. And the ancient Egyptians knew and understood that dreams were codes. We look at this and we understand that's a code. It's something we recognize. So I think God communicates with us in ways in which we can recognize in our uh, lives. Um, so for me, recognizing what God uh, is wanting to tell me kind of, I think, would be different to all of you. Uh, just describing the way it happens for me is that um, actually every day pretty much I've got, you know I, know I am aware that God is with me uh, in my mind in my heart and so if I see something that I think is uh, you know not not very pleasant or you know God, God's there and I and I sort of chat to him or and I say oh, I, um, that made me feel rubbish and then um, and just thoughts pop into my mind that sound like they might come from the Bible um, and he answers and he says yeah, that wasn't very nice. Um, but, you know, it's okay. Um, and there's there's something which I've been, uh, which he's been helping me with. Um, uh, just a phrase that's, that is just like, I'm lifting you, I'm elevating you above it. So that you can see it from my point of view. Um, he says he says to me that a lot at the moment. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I've, I've, I'm lifting you up above it. Um, see it from my point of view. So that, that for me at the moment, that's how God is communicating with me through, through a, a kind of, a, um, of an image of me just being li physically, literally lifted up above it all, looking down from his point of view. Um, I don't know. How about, how about you? Is there, are there, what ways does God communicate with you? Yeah, the Bible. Yes, that we've got, yeah. So anything that you hear that's not in check it out, yeah. Shannon. Yes, exactly, by praying, good, yeah. So you communicate with God, and does he communicate back to you? Fantastic, excellent. So yes, prayer is our is the thing that we have because God's given us this Holy Spirit within us now. He doesn't really he doesn't have to send dreams um, to to uh, to a king, and then the interpretation to just one person. We we all we can all have that um, now. Yeah, you know, I've I've, wrote, I've written down here. My brother-in-law, God communicates with him, um, and I've always thought, oh, don't be ridiculous. But uh, he, because it's, it, I know it will. I don't know if you're like me. I'm not superstitious, or uh, I, he would. God would never communicate with me in this way because I just wouldn't notice it. I would walk straight past, not notice. But he sees God in the number thirteen. Um, and uh, and I kind of believe him because at, at moments in his life, uh, for example, he's been reading a passage and the verse 13 is the one that speaks to him. And then he sees that it's the verse 13 and he feels an extra sense of God wants to get this through to me. 
And it's, for me, I think, oh, you're just being superstitious. God doesn't use things like that. But he does for David. And why, why didn't he? He knows David, and he knows David likes signs. He likes that kind of thing. He is very, um, you know, he does the rosary bead every morning. He's, he's, he's a, he likes ritual and tradition, and, and God's okay with that. And I think that, you know, for him, that's how um, often God gets through to David. Because, and, and because David comes away feeling blessed, then I feel like, yeah, no, that, that, that could well have been from God. Wouldn't work for me. <laughs> but um, there we go. So, I, so God, God will communicate with you in the way that you need to hear it, I believe. So let's pray for the Holy Spirit that, so that God helps us live our lives um, and, uh, and help us to learn how God is going to get through to us when he needs to. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you are a God uh, who loves individuals for all their differences. Um, and w- we thank you that you that your Holy Spirit knows us inside and out and knows exactly the way in which you, uh, you need to communicate with us. So I pray that actually all we need to do is just accept, yes, I want that. Um, so in our hearts, let's say, yes, Holy Spirit, um, I'm, I'm um, willing for you to, to speak to me and to guide me in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right. Um, it is time. Any, is there any notices before the children go out, or should we do that after? I was going to send the, send the kiddies now. They wouldn't like to be called kiddies. You'd like being called kiddies? No, didn't think so. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do the this thing, the twigger. Thanks, Amelia. And the pot. Do you want to do them better? Oh, Thomas is coming to the day. The pot. Good job. Good job. There you go. Right, and we have our four young people this morning. Father, I pray for our young people. Um, I thank you for them. And I thank you for Justin, who's going to um, talk them through the story that we've just heard this morning. Um, And I pray for a good time of discussion, learning about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, two minutes or so, go grab a drink if you want to, and we'll gather back. Okay, so um, I'm just going to pause our the Joseph uh, service uh, for Mum to talk about something. Right, uh, this evening uh, you can uh, join with the world, I think. We're uh, praying for the persecuted church today at 7.30. So you can switch it on after we've seen this video. Okay, so uh, if you're home this evening, if you just Google Evangelical Alliance, uh, it will all come up and you'll be able to click and join uh, the prayer meeting that's from half past seven to half past eight, which is being run by 
EEA with Open Doors, Release International and other organisations that uh, support persecuted Christians. We have no idea in this country, do we, how, how people can live with the fear that someone might knock on your door. It's just unthinkable. And we're encouraged to, to pray in the scriptures for these guys and sometimes women. Um, and really praise God for the freedom that we've enjoyed in this country to be able to meet together, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, do uh, the work that we do without any hindrance or laws against us. So um, let's join the prayer tonight and call upon the Lord uh, to have mercy. Um, I joined a, a prayer meeting that we used to run here every month uh, a long time ago for the persecuted church in uh, Russia where the communists put people in prison. And every time we prayed, we'd meet monthly and pray, there'd be one particular person who the open doors had highlighted. We'd pray for that person the following month or the month after we'd hear that they'd been released. It was amazing. Then finally, we built up our courage and we prayed for the Berlin Wall to fall. I remember those words coming out of my mouth and thinking, no. But we did it. Can you imagine my Drew? This was a long time ago. So our prayers can be big for the world. They can be small for my itchy ear. God hears them all. And we thank you, Lord, that you're so amazing. And each one of these guys, there are so many in so many countries suffering fear and in prison and some in prison. You see everything, Lord, and we know, Lord, uh, that you will keep the world in your hands and you will comfort them. And we do pray for a wave of releases, Lord. Uh, we pray for those hostages that are in uh, um, Gaza right now. Uh, we pray for their safe release. Lord, we pray for people in prison suffering. Uh, through no fault of their own, unrighteously. You're a God that loves justice. So we pray for them now in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who has redeemed us from sin. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Right. He was in prison. It fits. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I forgot to read two verses. I don't know if you noticed, but in the, uh, in the first film, when um, the butler or the baker says, how do you know? He says, oh, I don't know. I've just got a bit of a gift. That's not what Joseph said, is it? <laughs> so I thought we ought to read. Um, so if we can open our Bibles, Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. Who does Joseph attribute his dream interpretation to? It says, and they said to him, we each have a dream and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell them to me, please. 
So he doesn't claim to be the interpreter of dreams. He, he claims to be the one who God has given the code breaker to. And the same in um, chapter 41 in verse uh, 16. He says, uh, so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So um, Joseph attributes it to, to God. Right. Um, okay, so you probably know me a little bit by now, quite like history. Quite like uh, the looking at to see, you know, where's the where's the sub the uh, substance? No, I can't think of the word. Where's the, the evidence uh, for Joseph? Because um, lots of Egyptologists kind of they poo-poo the Bible and they say Joseph's name, even his Egyptian name, is not mentioned in any hieroglyphs that we know of. Um, but actually, the history of ancient Egypt is 2,000 years long. Uh, there were uh, cities built upon cities built upon cities. There are probably millions of hieroglyphs that we, we haven't discovered, that have been damaged, that have uh, been scrubbed out and rewritten over. Um, so just because his name isn't mentioned in any of the hieroglyphs doesn't mean that he, he, he didn't exist. Um, so uh, Christian um, Egypt. Um, kind of give some explanation. Um, I've started at the wrong place. I've, I've jumped my, I've, I've skipped my introduction <laughs> straight. Gone, so I was too excited. <laughs> uh, I'll just read it. I'll read what I've written. Prison life was very different from what we imagine. As we hear in the story, Joseph was actually given a job in, job in prison to be in charge of the other prisoners. Um, so in a, when, when we come to doing the discussion, then if you, uh, we're not going to read it because it's long. There's chapter 40 and chapter 41 are quite long, but obviously you've, you're going to have them in front of you. So, um, you'll see that um, when you read it, uh, Joseph was given a job. Um, and there isn't actually much evidence of prisons in ancient Egypt. Um, so perhaps they didn't look much different from any other dwelling, really, just probably a, um, um, very similar. Um, so anyway, Joseph uh, remained his changed self. You know how... He starts off in the story a bit of a spoilt kind of son. Um, but but he changed, didn't he, when he came to Egypt? And I think that um, he was no longer the spoilt favourite son, but he'd been taught by his Hebrew family how to live God's way. Um, and I imagine that being so far from home actually he meant that, meant that he clung to his roots. Um, he could easily have succumbed to the e Egyptian morals and beliefs, but he held strong and firm to his God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob was his father. Isaac, his grandfather. Abraham was his great-grandfather. That's not... I, I knew... My, I met my great-grandfather and grandmother. I knew them. Um, it wasn't such a long time after Abraham. So he knew where he came from. He knew his roots. Um, and he, was, he would have known the story of how old Sarah was when she gave birth to Isaac. He believed in this God. He knew this God was real. Um, 
And God is able to elevate Joseph within the Egyptian system. God's ways are better than any society on earth. God gives him the, the answer to the coded dream and uh, he's elevated to the second highest position in the land. So throughout the biblical text, Egyptian culture acts as the rich tapestry upon which Joseph's story unfolds. Egyptian names, titles, places, and customs are all presented as historical facts. We, so we can, tr we can trust them. Um, so, if I can have uh, my PowerPoint, Chloe. Uh, let's, is that the first slide? Ah, oh, I thought I'd put that as the last slide. If I can, uh, okay, don't worry, just leave that one up for the moment. So, um, Jacob and his family, um, if you read uh, 1 Kings um, 6 uh, and, and Exodus 12, verse uh, 40 and 41, they allow us to determine that Jacob and his family arrived in Egypt around 1800 BC. Uh, and this corresponds with what's known in the Egyptian period as the 12th dynasty of the Middle Kingdom, which was from 2000 to 1786 BC um, in Egyptian history. And according to um, conventional dating, Joseph would have begun his work as a government official under a pharaoh called Senusret II. Um, and he and, and Joseph would have served into the reign of Senesret the third. Um, so there's an e Egyptologist called Charles Ailing, and he's offered some compelling evidence that numerous historical details from the Middle Kingdom of Egypt are accurately reflected in the biblical account of Joseph, including the breaking of independence of the powerful nomarchs under Senesret. Um, the third, and apparently that, Gen if you read Genesis 47, 20, I haven't actually done the cross-referencing. I didn't have time to do it all. Uh, slavery as an institution of society flourished in Egypt during the Middle Kingdom. The Hieratic Papyrus, the 12th to 13th dynasty, records uh, a list of the names of slaves, including 30 non-Egyptian names, some of which are identical or at least similar to names in the Old Testament. Um, Joseph marries Asaneth, who is a daughter of the priest of On, um, and that's mentioned in Genesis 41 verse 45, where the chief god Ray was worshipped, who was the supreme Egyptian deity during the Middle Kingdom. Um, so the, the, the god that was worshipped fits with the person that Joseph married. Egyptian names and titles in the biblical account are well attested from this period in Egyptian history. So I, I just thought this was quite interesting. So Chloe, if you could go back to the fur, uh, to the there's a picture of a kind of a crumbled pyramid. You can have that one. So that's the that's the pyramid of Senesret the second. Is that cool? We're looking at a pyramid that Joseph would have been present at when the king was interred. Uh, but I don't know, it gives me chills, that. I don't know why, does, it give, does anyone else feel the same or is that just me? <laughs> I don't know, I just think, like, there's the connection. 4,000 years ago, we're reading about a man in quite detail and his life. Um, and that's something he would have seen. He, I think it looked probably a bit more magnificent than that, but... 
Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's uh, yeah. It's good. So um, if we go on to the obelisk picture, that is an obelisk. That's the only remaining um, uh, um, artifact of the city of On, where his father-in-law was a priest. Um, so very likely that Joseph would have regularly seen that obelisk as well. There we go. I just thought that was a bit of interesting. Interesting stuff. Okay. So uh, we, and we always think of um, the Moses story, the 10 plagues of being Ramesses, the great Ramesses, don't we? But he was 200 years later than Moses. So it's very likely as well that that, that, that kind of tradition isn't actually accurate. Um, which is again why in the hieroglyphs of Ramses there's no mention of someone called Moses and the plagues and things. Um, that there were, there's so much evidence of the fact that they, scra they scrapped old hieroglyphics and wrote new ones when they became kings. So there's tons of evidence out there. It's just been all rubbed out by the following kings of Egypt. Right. Um, if I could go to the last, oh yes, no, the, the map, Chloe. Thank you. Uh, so uh, where it says Heliopolis at the top, that's the Greek name for the um, for the city of On. That the so just that was that was where his father-in-law and his wife came from, and then uh, about where it says Memphis, there's a there is a buried a city that they that no one has excavated that they that they believe that um uh the king Senesret, because his pyramid is close by that was the city that he would have built and lived in but that hasn't been excavated uh imagine when they what are they going to find i'm excited right um and finally quote the questions okay are they i hope they're big enough so um, I'm going to hand it over to you because there's so much, isn't there? I mean, I've talked about how this morning in family time about how uh, I, I linked it to um, the dreams, to kind of how does God speak to us today? But that's just one element, isn't it, of the story? I got loads of questions that in your groups you can choose one or you can choose all of them or you might have your own questions about the story. Um, so first question, does God use dreams today? Um, or how difficult must it have been for Joseph to remain true to God? He lived in, lived in Egyptian society. Um, that must have been actually really difficult to live your set of um, moral standards when everyone else was living a completely different set of standards. Um, what barriers would he have come against? Is it similar for us living in our society? Are there parallels there? What gods do people follow in British society today? Um, Joseph didn't try to convert people to his faith. He, he just acknowledged God, didn't he? He didn't try and get the Pharaoh, you, you must worship my God, he's the true God. Um, why didn't he do that? What, I don't know, I just thought that was a question I had. Um, what parallels can see in Joseph with Jesus? What of Joseph's actions or faith do we want to get better at ourselves? And is there anything in this story you hadn't noticed before? So, there's a load of questions. Chapter 40 and 41. 
very, very broad, so we could have all sorts of um, answers and discussions. Uh, five, ten minutes. I know, we're running late this morning. It's not long, is it? <laughs> One, two, three, go.
Right then. Should we wrap it up? Wrap it up. <laughs> Did anyone? So, excellent. Ruth already. No? Yes, it was uh, seven. Seven fat cows means seven years of plenty. Seven thin cows means seven years of famine. That was that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in your group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening now. God does use dreams with the Islam, with the Muslims, and the dreams and the visions, and which is amazing. That's all I... Yeah, good. So, uh, yeah, which... Let's... How how did we get on? What did we what did you discuss and talk about? Anyone want to share anything? We touched on loads of things. One thing that you really helped us with was saying that everybody hears differently, and all three of us hear differently in in different experiences, have a different experiences of God. Not always every day, but some key things when He's really spoken to us. We touched on prisoners and how difficult it must be to keep your faith in in a container like you showed up there earlier. Um, from the Christian Release International, it just broke my heart seeing that, knowing such a long time, and that Joseph was actually in there quite a long time. And in one of the Psalms, and I can't remember which, it God explains a little bit why he was there, and it was something to do with bringing his obedience forth. And that helped me understand, because really as a Christian, if you, you end up in prison, um, it can be very difficult. You know, you think, why, God, am I here? But he was actually, really, if you look at it, persecuted for his faith because he'd said no to Potiphar's wife. One of the things we looked at was um, Joseph didn't try to convert people to his faith. Why? Well, I needed to. I think his life was in the of Christ in his life, or God in his life. And... Um, I think it's a good example for us that, you know, we don't always need to speak quite often the way we are. And if if God's in our life, then the way we are should be enough for people to turn around and say, well, this person's different. And that's a really important thing. Yeah, so um, there's Paul, isn't it, that says, you know, Always, um, never be afraid to give an account of the hope that you have. You know, we we build relationships, and you know, we we should always be to use words when words are right. That's some way down the journey. You know, we 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 um, evangelize with our lifestyles, don't we? And we show that we're we're different, and we, yeah. And we and we also looked at the the culture that he was operating in. So you know, Pharaoh would have been worshipped as a god, right? So you know, what Pharaoh does in elevating Joseph to to have all authority over Egypt, you know, there's parallel with Jesus. In the context of, you know, Pharaoh is worshipped as a god. Here is Joseph saying, "My God." has enabled me to interpret these dreams. So, you know, clearly Joseph had to operate within that context and, you know, perhaps earn the right to 
demonstrate his faith. Me and faith were discussing. I think the one main sort of question that stood out was what parallels can we see with Joseph and Jesus? Uh, and I think Joseph is sort of portrayed as a type of Christ well before Jesus was there. Well, he was always there, as we know. <laughs> right. But uh, one, he actually sort of brought, well, although it was only physical salvation, to the Egyptians, which is a sort of, uh, it represents the world, basically, Egypt, uh, without almost like the Gentiles. And, uh, but also, we fast forward 14 years, Joseph managed to sort of dupe some of his his whole family back into uh into into egypt and uh from that he actually showed forgiveness to his own people and uh hmm, did you want to say anything Faye? Um, no he showed forgiveness to his own people um, and sometimes in life, when, uh, such as, uh, say, the war and everything going on in the world today, we can um, look to Jesus and, and, and he, he will sort of give you that example, whereas um, he forgives us. And what was meant for bad in a lot of situations, once you've got your faith solely trusted in God, he will make what's meant for bad to turn out good for his glory and his name. And that's the God we want to serve. We did talk about a few, a few different things, but I, I, I was just um, sharing that only a number of times in my life, God has given me a dream. He does use dreams today. And I find that the most exciting thing. Like I've been so blessed by actually receiving a dream from God. And it's always been it in in very difficult circumstances. And and I think also it's it's also been when I'm praying much, much more when I'm just I am getting closer to God. And it's you know, I have to say that <laughs> I've never forgotten those times and never forgotten those dreams. And they've been dreams of um, actually um, helping me to understand the situation in a kind of code, because uh, it's not like explicit. It's, yeah, but he knows that I, I'll understand what he's showing me. And, and that's exciting. And I prayed for dreams. So I would encourage people to pray for God to speak you speak to you in 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 dreams or in you know in other ways than you do here because he will answer i prayed to be spoke to for him to give me a dream you know we um looked at uh, joseph and jesus and of course there are lots of parallels and as sean said he's a, a shadow a type of jesus and um you know the fact that it was only 70 people from Jacob's family that came down, and yet we don't know how many thousands of Egyptians were, you know, a light to the Gentiles um, absolutely was there. And I was just thinking on, of course, they were given Goshen to, for, their, for their sheep, and um, 
Egyptians despised shepherds. And yet, if you move on biblically, of course, they were blessed and blessed and blessed. And that was the trouble, was that pharaohs came who'd never heard of Joseph, and all they saw were the Hebrews being absolutely blessed. And that's what brought them in back into slavery. So it's interesting that, that you know, the salvation brought absolute blessing for God's people, which then brought persecution for God's people. And then Moses, had another type of Christ, had to be. So you got that throughout. And the rescue cycle, the need, the rest, all pointing to Jesus with the ultimate salvation. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, it, having two whole chapters to 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 kind of sum up, I think we've done a good job. <laughs> so thank you. No, and some really interesting insights uh, from you guys as well. So thank you. Um, let's pray as we as we finish. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for the intricacies of of your the stories in the Old Testament. There there's the detail in them is so much more than in any other historical writings. Uh, things people say, even to, even to the point where the, the detail in knowing that Joseph had to shave before he went to Pharaoh. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for that. Thank you for, that we can, it shows that we can trust it. We can trust the truth. Um, and how you and your Holy Spirit was in woven all the way through um, and all pointing to, to Jesus. Father, I just pray for us in our lives um, where sometimes we can feel like a Joseph in a completely Gentile and um, uh, unwelcome world that uh, they don't understand us, they don't get what we believe, they, they, uh, and they don't really want to hear about it. Father, give us courage. Give us your Holy Spirit with the armor that, that, he, that he gives so that we can, um, we can know that you go with us wherever we are in our, in our world, Father. Um, yes, Lord, boost our courage this morning. Um, we can be like Joseph was. Um, we can stand true. We can be faithful. We can be honorable people. Um, we can be trustworthy like Joseph was. And people will want us because of it. I pray that for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.